You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah 14 in your Bibles, it says in verse number one, the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the dearth. That word dearth simply means a drought. It was a time of drought. It was a time of no rain for Judah. And it says in verse two, Judah mourneth and the gates thereof languish and they are black unto the ground and the cry of Jerusalem is gone up. This was a desperate time for Judah. It was a desperate time for God's people because of the drought. Notice verse three. And their nobles have sent their little ones to the waters. They came to the pits and they found no water. They returned with their vessels empty. They were ashamed and they were confounded and they covered their heads because the ground is chapped. For there was no rain in the earth. The plowmen were ashamed. They covered their heads. Yea, the hind also calved in the field and forsook it because there was no grass. And the wild asses did stand in the high places and they snuffed up the wind like dragons. Their eyes did fail because there was no grass. Lord, I pray you'd help us as we look at your word tonight. And as we look at a very serious time for the nation of Judah, I pray that we would be reminded tonight of the time that we are going through and the situation that we're facing. God, I pray that you would get our attention I pray you'd wake us up. I pray that you would cause us to be focused like never before upon your word. And may we be in tune to the Holy Spirit of God who speaks to our hearts. And I pray you'd bless us tonight. Thank you for the service. And Lord, what an encouragement it's been to me already. Lord, I'm so thankful for a church family like this. I'm thankful for a church family that is so encouraging and and loving and caring and faithful and supportive. And I pray you'd continue to strengthen us, Lord, through this. May we uh, come through this situation and may we have a greater love for you and a greater desire to serve you and a greater uh, closeness, Lord, with one another. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Number one, as we go through Jeremiah 14 very quickly tonight, I want you to see the drought. There was a drought in Judah and the drought was no accident. The drought was very intentional, and I want to remind us tonight that there are no accidents with God. There's no such thing as a coincidence with God. There's no such thing as something just so happened to be. There is no accident with God. God has a purpose. God has a plan. Uh, It is no accident that we are facing in our country. This situation is no accident. Can I tell you, God has a purpose, and I believe that God is trying to get our attention. God got Judah's attention in verse 2. It said they they languished and they mourned and they cried out because of the situation they were in. You see, a drought is very, very dangerous. When there is a drought, there's no rain. A drought affects everything. A drought affects every person. It affects every business, it affects every animal, it affects every area of life. In this passage, the Bible names the nobles. Those who were in authority were affected by this drought. It mentions the children. The children were affected. It mentions the farmers. They were affected by this drought. 
for the simple reason that life cannot be sustained without water. Food cannot be obtained without water. The fruits and the vegetables cannot grow without water. Animals cannot survive without water. And human beings cannot survive without water. In our nation's history, the worst drought that has occurred in the last 300 years is called the Dust Bowl, happening right after and during the Great Depression from 1931 to 1939. They say that nearly 77% of the United States was affected by this one drought. It was so bad that the clouds of dust would blow across the plains. The skies would be dark because of the dust and because of the drought. There were no crops. There was no food. There was no money to pay bills. And people were doing everything they could to survive and to find food to stay alive. It was a very serious problem in our nation's history. Can I tell you, Judah was facing a situation very similar there was a drought without water. The land becomes barren. When the land is barren, plants cannot grow. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings that the nation of Israel experienced a drought. It lasted for three and a half years. The Bible says that Elijah prayed and it did not rain for three and a half years. You say, well, how come? What was the, the reason for that? It was because of the wickedness of God's people. It was God's judgment upon His people because they had forsaken Him and they had gone to worship Baal and they had a king by the name of Ahab. They had a queen by the name of Jezebel who refused to worship God and God sent a drought to get His people's attention. But can I tell you, during the midst of that drought, there was a man by the name of Elijah and Elijah was provided for. His needs were supplied. His needs were met. By Almighty God, there was a brook whereby Elijah took up water. There was a, a brook where the ravens came and they fed Elijah. The nation of Israel, the nation of Judah went through droughts. They went through hard times. They went through times of physical drought. But I want to say tonight as we look at Jeremiah 14, yes, there was a literal physical drought. But even worse than that, there was a spiritual drought. There was a time where the people did not have the Word of God. Oh, it was preached to them, but they didn't listen. Oh, it was available to them, but they didn't read it. And can I say the Word of God has never been more available to us than it is today, but so many of God's people don't even take the time to read it. So many of God's people are too busy for church and too busy for God and too busy to read the Bible and too busy to pray. And can I say, because of that, we in our nation, I believe, are experiencing a spiritual dearth, a spiritual drought. Water in the Bible represents the Word of God. Water in the Bible represents the blessings of God. And as Christians, we ought to be soaking up the blessings and we ought to be soaking up the Word of God but we don't soak it up to keep it. We soak it up so we can share it with somebody else. We're not supposed to be a, a, a reservoir, but we're supposed to be a conduit whereby we receive the word and we pass it on and we share the gospel and we spread the good news to people that do not know Christ. Number one, I see the drought, but number two, I want you to see the reason for the drought was the distance. The distance from God. 
You say, well, how's that possible? Well, look at verse number seven. It says, oh Lord, though our iniquities testify against us. Now, by the way, that's exactly what sin does. Sin shows up on the witness stand and sin will testify against you and sin will testify against me. And sin always has consequences. Sin always has judgment. And, and Jeremiah is saying, Lord, our iniquities, our sins are testifying against us, but do thou it. Jeremiah says, we deserve judgment. We deserve the drought. But God, would you please bless us? Would you please help us? Would you please be merciful to us for thy namesake? For, Jeremiah says, our backslidings are many. How sad. God's people had backslidden. They had wandered far. They had removed themselves from God. And Jeremiah says, God, if we're honest, our backslidings are many. They're multiple. They're numerous. We have sinned against thee. Notice verse number eight. Oh, the hope of Israel, the Savior thereof in time of trouble. Why shouldest thou be as a stranger in the land and as a wayfaring man that turneth aside to tarry for a night? What a, what a, 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 a tragic analogy. Here's what Jeremiah says. He says, God, you are our help and you are our Savior, and you're the only one that can help us, but God, you have become like a stranger. You have become like a wayfarer. That is one who would travel through a city or travel through a place and maybe stop for a night, but he would be there one day and gone the next. And yet that's exactly what Jeremiah said. God had become to his people. They had removed themselves. They had put distance between themselves and God. And God was no longer close like he should have been. God was removed from them because they had removed themselves from God. Notice verse number nine. Why shouldest thou be as a man astonished and as a mighty man that cannot save? You save yet thou, O Lord, art in the midst of us and we are called by thy name. Leave us not. Jeremiah said, Lord, we've gotten away from you. We've wandered from you. We have backslid away from you, but Lord, we want you to be close and we need you in our, in our midst and we need your presence and Lord, we're called by your name and God, would you please not leave us? And I tell you, God was the only one who could truly help Israel, but they had distanced themselves from the help. They had distanced themselves from the Savior. They had distanced themselves from the very one who could have helped them. It says in verse number 10, Thus saith the Lord unto this people, Thus have they loved to wander. You see, if you feel far from God, it's not because God has left you. And it's not because God has left me. It is because we have backslid. It's because we have distanced ourselves. It's because we have gotten away from Him. The songwriter wrote and said, I'm prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We see the drought in the land because God's people had distanced themselves from God. But number three, we see 
Not only the drought and the distance, but number three, we see the destruction. Oh, the drought was bad, but that wasn't the worst. They thought they were struggling with the drought, but destruction was coming. Verse 10, the end of the verse, he will now remember their iniquity and visit their sins. That word visit literally means to punish. Judgment was coming. Verse number 12, God says, I will consume them by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. That word pestilence literally means a plague. Isn't that amazing? God said, hey, judgment's coming upon the nation of Judah and it's coming by a famine. It's coming by a sword. It's coming by war and it's coming by a plague. Verse 16, God said, I will pour their wickedness upon them. All the people of Judah were only getting what they deserved and God was merciful and God was gracious and God offered forgiveness, but they would not come back to him. Notice number four. I see the deception. It says in verse number 13, you say, why didn't God's people get right? Why didn't they uh, uh, ask forgiveness? Why didn't they confess their sins? Here's why. Because verses 13 and 14 tell us they had some quote-unquote preachers. They had some, uh, some people, religious leaders, who were telling them, you're okay, you're good, Judgment's not coming. Here it is. You can live however you want. You can act however you want. You don't have to worry about what the Bible says. Oh, you don't have to worry about all that stuff. You can just do your own thing. God, God understands. Verse number 13. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets say unto them, Ye shall not see the sword. Verse number 13. Neither shall ye have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. There were prophets. There were men standing up claiming to be preachers of the word of God. And they were saying, there's no judgment coming. Oh, there's, there's no danger coming. You're good. You can, you're okay. You'll, you'll be all right. Uh, we'll just pat you on the back. We're not going to preach against any sin or we don't want you to feel uncomfortable. We don't want to offend anybody because, you know, what if somebody doesn't come back? Well, friend, I want to tell you, when these doors open and we come back from this coronavirus, I hope this auditorium is so packed that we've got to find extra rooms and extra buildings and places for people. I don't want to lose anybody, but I'll tell you this, we're not changing the truth. We're not, we're not compromising on the truth to draw a crowd. If we compromise to draw a crowd, what are we going to do with the crowd if we don't have the truth? Can I tell you what people need? They don't need compromise. People need the truth. People need the word of God. People need to know what thus saith the Lord. And the prophets were prophesying falsely. Verse 14, then the Lord said unto me, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not. Neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination and a thing of naught and the deceit of their heart. Verse 15 again, the prophets that prophesy in my name and I sent them not. Can I say number four, there was deception. I want to remind you, and I hope you always know this, but especially in a day and an age in which we live where you can find anything you want on the television, 
And you can find anything you want on the internet. And you can find anything you want on Facebook. Can I tell you this? If what you are hearing being preached and what you are hearing being taught and what you are reading does not line up with the scripture, it's false. Anything that does not uh, agree with the word of God is not worth listening to. It's not worth reading. It's not worth uh, soaking it up. We need to get back to the truth and we need to watch out for the lies of the devil. We need to watch out for those who would compromise and those who would say they know better than God. My friend, these prophets were deceiving the people of Judah. Verse uh, number five, I see verse number 17, the dismay. Therefore, thou shalt say this word unto them, let mine eyes run down with tears night and day and let them not cease. Jeremiah says, Lord, I know that they deserve it. I know they have backslid. I know that they've brought this upon themselves. But God, I'm so broken. And God, my heart is so, so grieved. And I can't help it, but God, there's tears coming down my face because of these people. These people are called by your name. These are the people that you have chosen. This was a great city, the city of Jerusalem, the city of the great king, verse 19. But God utterly rejected Judah. And that broke Jeremiah's heart. Can I tell you in our nation, the things that are going on in our world, our hearts ought to be so broken for people that do not know Christ. Our hearts ought to be so broken for people that are away from God. Our, 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 our tears ought to flow down our face as we think about people that are lost and people that are on their way to hell and people that are backslidden and people that are away from God. May this be a time where we pray like never before. May this be a time where we weep and we fall on our faces like never before and we cry out to God. Friend, I want to tell you, uh, uh, criticizing doesn't help anybody and pointing the finger doesn't help anybody, but falling on our faces before God and crying out to God, that's how we see things changed. And Jeremiah never lost his compassion. He never lost his broken heart for a backslidden nation. Number six, lastly, I see the dependence. It says in verse number 20, we acknowledge, oh Lord, we admit it. Lord, Lord, you're absolutely right. We have sinned against you. God, we have gone astray. God, we have wandered. And Jeremiah says, we acknowledge, oh Lord, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers, for we have sinned against thee. Before we go any further tonight, I want to ask you, when was the last time that you made a statement like that to God? When was the last time that you admitted? When was the last time that I admitted that we have sinned against God? Oh, it's so easy, is it not, to point out the sins of others? It's so easy at a time like this to say, well, I think God's probably trying to get so-and-so's attention. Or I hope so-and-so over there. I'd be careful where I point because there's not too many people, you know, they're going to think I'm pointing at them. Uh, but, but it's easy to point the finger at everybody else, is it not? Oh, I tell you what God's doing. God's judging us for abortion. Well, he might be because abortion is still murder and abortion is still wicked. And God may be judging us for that. But can I tell you, God's people are the ones who need to say, God, we have sinned. 
and we are the ones who need to humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face and turn from our wicked ways and, and acknowledge that we have sinned. You see, it says in verse number 20, oh, we have sinned. But then we get down to verse number 22. And the question is asked, are there any among the vanities of the Gentiles that can cause rain? You see, we started in verse 1 with the drought, and we get back to verse number 22, the end of the chapter, end of the chapter, verse 22, and the question is asked, is there anybody else that can send rain? I got news for you. There's nobody else that can send rain. There's nobody else that can uh, produce rain. There's only one person that can do that. And the question is asked, can anyone cause rain? Or can the heavens give showers? And then it says this, art not thou he, O Lord our God. God, you're the only one that can do it. God, we're in a drought. The nation of Judah was in a physical drought, and they said, God, you're the only one that can send rain. Therefore, verse 22, we will wait upon thee, for thou hast made all these things. You know what God's people needed to do? You know what they should have done? They should have said, Lord, we can't do it without you. And we can't do it unless we get right with you. And God, our dependence is not in ourselves, but our dependence and our trust and our confidence. God, it's in you because you are the only one that can send rain. Deuteronomy 11, 1 Kings 7, the Bible warned of times when the heavens would be shut up and there would be no rain. And the answer for God's people in both instances was to call out to God. The, the, the admonition to God's people was to get right with God and to humble themselves and to pray and God would open the windows of heaven. It's amazing. The first time in the Bible that we read about rain is the flood. And in Genesis 6, the words that are used to describe that event, it says, and the windows of heaven were opened and it began to rain. Can I tell you what we need in our country? Oh, we don't need physical rain, at least not here in North Carolina. I think we're okay on rain. Uh, we're not in a drought right here. Maybe other parts of the world are. But I'll tell you the need of the hour. The need of the hour is not physical rain but it's spiritual rain. It's the blessing of God. It's the outpouring of God. It's the Word of God that is preached, and it's the Word of God that is read, and the Word of God that is memorized, and the Word of God that is obeyed. Psalm 63, verse 1, David said, O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. His brother Dan opened the service. His prayer was, Lord, would you help us to hunger and thirst for you? Can I tell you, friend, I hope that your hunger and your thirst is for spiritual things. I hope there's a thirst in your soul. I hope there is a longing in your soul for God to bless and a longing for God to do a work. Can I tell you, we must have God do a work in our nation. I was speaking to somebody on Sunday and we were talking about what's going on. And can I tell you, 
it's only going to be the hand of God that's going to turn things around. This is something that's out of our control. It's something beyond our control. But can I tell you, it's not out of God's control. He is able. And would you call out to God? Would you call upon Him? And would you beg for God to send the rain? Verse number 22, Therefore, we will wait upon Thee. Psalm 42, verse 1, As the heart or as the deer panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after Thee, O God. I hope during these days, I hope we're getting a hunger and a thirst for God. I hope we're spending time with God. I hope our prayer lives have gotten real. I hope our Bible reading has gotten consistent. I hope our faith has been increased and I hope that our, our vision has been, has been tuned in to see what is spiritual and to see what really matters. The nation of Judah, their only hope was God. And friend, I want to tell you this evening, our only hope is God. Therefore, will we wait upon thee. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.